Hello and welcome to this new life program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Brother Steve Rundu will talk about giving and God's presence during the Bible segment. Before that, we'll be having Savim Teshi talk about alcohol and pregnancy. We also have great tunes that will be coming your way. To start off, here's Christ Lowell's choir with the song Edeni. Mungu, akamtoa mwana wake, 
kutufilia msalabani kwa dhambi tulizo zitenda yafatu shukuru Mungu kwa pendo la agape I'm glad that you're still keeping me company. Here's today's health segment by Msavium Teshi. Karibu. listener welcome to our program health nuggets i am your presenter musavi muteshi our topic for today is alcohol and pregnancy i recently read a sign at a bus stop warning women against drinking alcohol while pregnant because alcohol can cause birth defects in your baby Many women are not aware of alcohol's dangers during pregnancy so i would like to talk today about its effects on a baby's development Research has shown that an unborn baby has very little tolerance for alcohol. Alcohol interferes with their ability to get enough oxygen to nourish their developing tissues and organs, including their brain. It is clear that if you are pregnant and take an alcoholic drink, your unborn baby takes the same drink. If mother drinks alcohol while pregnant, baby can indeed be born with serious physical and mental defects. As little as one drink a day can increase the risk of defects that can last a lifetime. When a mother drinks alcohol, it quickly travels through her bloodstream to her womb where it enters her baby's bloodstream. Babies break down alcohol more slowly than adults, so they end up with a higher alcohol levels in their blood. 
The most severe outcome of drinking alcohol while pregnant is that baby is born with what is called fetal alcohol syndrome, a condition characterized by poor growth both before and after birth, bony deformity such as dislocated hips and a curved spine, heart defect, abnormal facial features and a small head with a damaged brain. The brain damage may result in mental retardation, learning problems, short attention span and hyperactivity. These alcohol-related effects are permanent and they can cause a lifetime of physical and emotional pain. Even the babies who are born without all of the defects of fetal alcohol syndrome may be born with some of the birth defects or they may develop mental, physical or behavioral problems later in life. No one knows how much harm is caused when a developing baby is exposed to occasional small amounts of alcohol before birth, but it is clear that the more you drink while pregnant, the greater the risk to your unborn baby. It is also clear that the most severe damage to baby occurs when you drink alcohol during the first three months of your pregnancy, that critical time during which key stages of baby's development are occurring. Unfortunately, many women are not even aware that they're pregnant during these early weeks of pregnancy. The United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has studied the problem and concluded that exposure to alcohol by a developing baby is one of the main preventable causes of birth defects and developmental problems. Experts in that country have concluded that fetal alcohol syndrome is completely preventable if a woman doesn't drink alcohol during pregnancy. Yet, all babies born to mothers who drink while pregnant are at risk for alcohol-related damage. So, how can you protect your baby from being born with serious alcohol-related birth defects? Pregnant women and women who are trying to become pregnant should play it safe and avoid alcohol entirely. If you're pregnant and can't stop drinking, ask your doctor for assistance in finding substance abuse counselling or a treatment program to help you overcome your misuse of alcohol. Be driven to stop your drinking by knowing that doctors haven't identified any level of alcohol that is safe for a pregnant woman to drink, that there is no cure for fetal alcohol syndrome and that the physical and mental defects your baby may suffer because of the alcohol can last a lifetime. If you've already given birth to a child with fetal alcohol syndrome, providing a stable, nurturing home is a single most important thing you can do to protect that child from some of the behavioral problems they will risk later in life. Problems such as drug abuse, dropping out of school, and encounters with the juvenile justice system you may find the following suggestions helpful. Teach your child the skills necessary for daily living and follow daily routines to which your child can become accustomed. Create and enforce simple rules and limits. Point out and use rewards to reinforce acceptable behavior. Because many children with fetal alcohol syndrome have mental defects, guard against their being taken advantage of by others. Choose whom you ask to babysit your child carefully. And ask your doctor for help to identify the support services that are available in your area. For your child's alcohol-related physical problems, you must seek medical advice for specific treatment. It is easier to prevent fetal alcohol syndrome than to treat it.
Let's go over those preventative measures one more time. First, don't drink alcohol if you're trying to get pregnant because your baby's brain, heart and blood vessels begin to develop in the early weeks of pregnancy before you even know you're pregnant. If you do drink alcohol, stop the moment you even think you might be pregnant. The sooner you stop, the safer it is for your baby. Second, continue to avoid alcohol throughout your pregnancy. Fetal alcohol syndrome is completely preventable in babies whose mothers don't drink during pregnancy. Next, consider giving up alcohol during your childbearing years if you're sexually active and have unprotected sex as many pregnancies are unplanned. Finally, if you have an alcohol problem, get help to stop drinking before you get pregnant. God blessed women with a beautiful mechanism by which they can bring new life into the world. A mother can create a perfect baby if she takes precautions. To safeguard her baby's development, it may take considerable effort on your part, but don't bring to life a baby who will be damaged for life because of a habit that you failed to control. Health Nuggets is written by Dr. Richard Yukel a medical doctor working in the United States. The medical views expressed in this program are his and may differ for your particular health needs. If you need medical advice, please consult a medical professional in your area. Thank you for listening. For those who just joined us, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Do not forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Like I promise, here's a song, Never Give Up, by Christ Lord's Choir.
A spiritual nourishment from Brother Steve Rundu. Be blessed. Giving and God's presence. Our key text this day comes from the book of Leviticus, chapter 9, verses 1, all the way to 24. I will although read excerpts of it. Verses 1. On the eighth day, Moses summoned Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a bull calf for your sin of offerings and a ram for your burnt offering, both without defect and present, present them before the Lord. Then say to the Israelites, Take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defect, for a burnt offering, and an ox, and a ram for a fellowship offering to sacrifice before the Lord, together with a grain offering mixed with oil. For today the Lord will appear to you. I will jump to verses 6. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Moses said to Aaron, Come to the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and the people. Sacrifice the offering that is for the people and make atonement for them also as the Lord has commanded I will go all the way to verse 12 then he slaughtered the burnt offering his sons handed him the blood and he sprinkled it against the altar on all sides they handed him the burnt offering piece by piece including the head and he burned them on the altar he washed the inner parts of the legs and burned them on top of the burnt offering on the altar verse 18 he said He slaughtered the ox and the ram as the fellowship offering for the people. His son sanded him the blood and he sprinkled it against the altar on all sides. But the fat portions of the ox and the ram, the fat tail, the layer of fat, the kidneys and the covering of the liver, these they laid to the breasts. And then Aaron burned the fat on the altar. 
Verse 23, it says, Meeting Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. See what happens when you give to the Lord offerings. He appears before you. His presence is with you. Now in the Old Testament, God's people met God and greeted him through their first sacrifices. They made their offerings so that the glory of the Lord might appear to them. Mandatory sacrifices removed the negative space sin created between God and people, while the voluntary gifts initiated a positive encounter with God, who promised to respond with pleasure to free will offerings. We still make contact with God through our giving. The negative space has been removed by Christ's sacrifice, and Christians today meet God and experience His approval through our kindness to one another. See Hebrews 13, verse 16. Salvation not only reconciles us to God, but brings us into true fellowship with our brothers and sisters, especially as we grow in generosity. We can find this in Acts chapter 2, verses 44, all the way to 47, and also in chapter 4, 32 to 37. The church is God's family in the world. This, as it is pointed out by Pope Benedict, the parable of the Good Samaritan remains as a standard which imposes universal love towards the needy who we encounter by chance, whoever they may be, without in any way detracting from this commandment of universal love, the church also has a specific responsibility. Within the essential family, no member should suffer through being in need. The teaching of the letter to the Galatians is emphatic. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Terry A. Parker, Gregory L. Sperry, and David H. Wills of the National Christian Foundation know that the rewards God promises for such generosity are not those advocated by the so-called health and wealth gospel, but the return on investment he provides will far exceed anything this world can offer. It will include the unspeakable joy of his presence now and forever. God takes pleasure in promising marvelous gifts to us, his children, commands Terry A. Parker. That's his nature. We learn to cherish his promises and seek his rewards not simply because we want more from him, but because we desire more of him. Ultimately, God has his kingdom, and his kingdom are our treasure. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. He does not give us more wealth primarily to increase our standard of living, but to increase our standard of giving. Let us think about these things as we think of starting to give so that we can be in the presence of God. When you give, do you feel closer to God or worried and concerned about your finances? Are you willing to risk more in giving just because you want to grow in your desire for God? What are some barriers that you perceive to giving on a regular basis? I will ask us to pray about these things so that we can start acting on our giving. If you do not give regularly, try and experiment giving. Give to your church or another organization regularly for one month. Then pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you how this experiment has affected your relationship with God. If you already give regularly, try this. As you give during the next few weeks, 
Be particularly mindful of how your giving affects your sense of God's presence in your life. Let us make a prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you even for the monies you've given unto us. No matter how much or how little we have, Lord, we appreciate and we acknowledge that it all comes from you. Father, we ask you to teach us how to be better givers so that we can give our offerings to you not because we want more, but because we want to be more close to you. Father, we appreciate that you bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Lord, teach us how to give regularly, teach us how to give willingly, and teach us how to give so that we can be close to you. I pray and ask that the Holy Spirit will show me how to experiment on how giving affects my relationship with you. Lord, thank you for your love even when I didn't love you. Thank you for your support even when I did not ask for your support. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. I've prayed all this, trusting and believing in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope that you've been blessed just like I was. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of our show for today. Feel free to give your views, comments, or questions about the show by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, PO Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also drop us an email at awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Have a blessed and a fruitful day as you continue to listen to other shows. Be sure to join us tomorrow. I've been your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Tchau,